Hello. Hi, can you hear me? I can. It always starts with, can you hear me? I mean, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. (laughs) What's going on? Oh, nothing. So I have a question for you. Okay. Are you uh, still wearing pants that do not have buttons on them? Am I still wearing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing running shorts at this point is kind of my... Yeah. Go to. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I, I heard your cat and I thought, do you have a child? He's, uh, he's fired up. Fiddle is fired up today. Sounded like a child. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I, I was considering this morning running DC Jones for president. I think it's time. Uh, you know, time. Fiddle, he wants to retire and spend time with his family. So yeah, I think Jones candidate. needs to take up the mantle. Yeah. Do something. Something uh, we've also like we've you know we've uh, we've we've grossly neglected going to places and eating tacos. Yeah, but that can't be helped. It can't. Um, I received a gummy taco from. Oh, that's right, <laughs> Collins. That's right. Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> we do have these gummy tacos. Yeah, it's uh. I want to be honest. It was a lovely gift. I want to be honest with you, Chrissy. I don't like um, gummy stuff. You don't like gummy stuff? No, I don't. Okay, well, it just I, freaks me out. You know how I feel about. I've told you about my thing where I don't like cakes that look like savory food. Right. Like a cake should look like a cake. I don't want a cake to look like a turkey or a hamburger. Right. All that or shit. A ham. No, it's confusing. And it angers me. Yeah, I agree. So I kind of feel the same way about tacos. Mm -hmm. I guess all this ASMR people are going to be going crazy on this episode because you can hear all the plastic. All the plastic and my cat still yelling in the background. Unwrapping. But I'm going to unwrap this This taco. taco. And I'm going to try it because John went through the trouble. Yeah. No, I respect respect it and I appreciate it. I just... Oh, oh, wait a Yeah, look, it's so, okay. So this is, a. I, I'm going to take a picture of it before <laughs> I try it so that we can post it on the, on the Facebook page and people can see mm-hmm. um, what I'm talking about there. Uh, but like the taco shell is paper. The taco shell is actually paper. Okay. And then the inside is, gummy. is just gummy fruits. Huh. All right. Yeah, so it's, but you still you're still against it. Uh, yeah, I just don't like gummy candy. I just I've never oh, really. Yeah, I've never the texture of it really freaks me out. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, Aspen will probably eat my gummy the gummy taco that I was given because she well, likes that stuff. Tell her it's not confusing. Okay. Like, <laughs> tell her it's not like why does it look like a taco but tastes like gummy because that that is. That really bothers me. Yeah. So if yeah. the shell were if the shell were gummy, it would be yeah. weird. Yeah. It would be it's weird. It's funny that they created a paper taco shell just to put gummy stuff in. That seems like a weird choice. I know. Very <laughs> like, strange. A lot of time went into that. <laughs> gummy taco, soft gummy mix. Enjoy the adventure. You, woo! All right. That's what it says. Okay. What have you been watching? Uh, let's see. I mean, I've watched a couple um, 
I watched a horror documentary called, what is it? Oh God, I can't remember. It's like Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue, which is similar to a documentary called The American Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer The American Nightmare. Um, but again, it like talks to a bunch of the guys, Carpenter, Craven, those guys from like the 70s. Oh yeah. Sort of horror as undercutting the American dream, you know? <clears throat> um, which is, I think... yeah. An interesting topic, and uh, so yeah, that that's I haven't really watched any new movies. I'm intrigued by a couple that our friend Daniel Papa sent us to watch, and mm-hmm. um, so oh yeah, that yeah. one that he sent looked really interesting. Yeah. That picture, I did watch a movie yesterday on Netflix called Pure. And oh okay, it, I it you know it kind of dabbles in the folk horror milieu okay but also like religious horror i mean was it good it, i mean sure i mean it was um it was not pretending to be anything other than what it was which okay. is kind of a low budget netflix horror movie, horror movie and the star of the move of the movie her name is um just um Oh my gosh, I I don't I do not want to mispronounce her name. Um she's a famous YouTuber, Jakara. Jakara oh. Smith. Okay. She is a she's a pretty famous YouTuber and she is actually, I mean her YouTube videos are super fucking funny. Super fucking funny. Uh she does makeovers and uh like but but really exaggerated, just kind of like parodying the, the, makeup, the, the, whole ma- makeup, the, the makeup tutorial mm-hmm. type thing. And she'll affect like really fancy British accents while she's doing it. Or I actually think I've seen her. I think Aspen yeah. follows her. Yeah. Or she's like, I'm going to put on makeup because that's the only way boys will like me. Right? <laughs> she, she just completely takes down that whole thing. And it, it I mean, it's about, it's called pure. And it's about the the purity balls, you know, these purity balls that that these like some Christian religions, some Christian um, denominations do, which, sorry, y'all, I think it's kind of creepy and gross that you you pledge your virginity to your father. That's so fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I offend people. I don't fucking care. It's fucked up. It's it's fucked up. It's so weird. Like the, uh, the... Yeah, I mean, one, pledging your virginity to anything or anyone is insane to me. But the fact that any father is that worried about, I mean, beyond like safety and things and, and the right. child, fuck you, man. Like, man, That's what, what teenagers do. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, it's yeah, that's fucked up. I don't I don't really have any other response to that whole thing. That's. Why are you so obsessed with your daughter's virginity? Yeah, it's just creepy. I mean, and we're talking about like the actual thing. We're not even talking about the movie. Like we're talking about the actual, this exists in the world. In the world. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. And so in this movie, anyway, I mean, it's good. We're not discussing this movie today, but it's all right. I mean, it's, it's got some good scares. Cool. Got some really good scares and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a girl power take down the patriarchy type movie. And well, that's good. I mean, and, um, anything that goes after the creepiness of purity balls, I, I, I support. Um, so I, weird. Yeah. It's a, I, I'll never, ever understand it. I'll never understand like, it. 
I can't even imagine having a conversation with my father about my virginity. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine it. Like, it's so fucking weird. And it, again, it just like goes back. We're just, hey, we're just talking about virginity today. Um, no, it just goes back to this bizarre notion that somehow this young woman you half made is your property. I like it's so fucked up, man. Like again, right. beyond like protecting, right. like keeping your children safe and stuff. I understand that, but this is again, like you said, this is like what fucking teenagers do. Like, what are you? I just yeah. don't, I don't understand. I mean, like it, it, it's, and it's, it's positively medieval. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the, the, the sermon in the movie starts with the guy going, we are here to celebrate the two most important relationships you will ever have in your life. The number one, your relationship with God. And number two, the relationship with your father. And I'm like, what? Uh, your relationship with your dad's pretty important. Sure. But but okay. Like <laughs> even my like even my dad would be like, no. You that's, know, yeah, that's, that's insane. Fucking weird, man. That's so weird. And like I think you I think you like it. They invoke Lilith. Oh nice. I do like yeah. Lilith being invoked. Oh, so it's like uh-huh. I was going to say, one thing I have been watching this week was is this, like, documentary series, documentary, I don't know if that's really right, on Amazon called um, Monsters Among Us. But it uh-huh. does, like, um, it looks at, like, the literary and mythological roots of, like, how our popular, you know, vampires and werewolves and ghosts um, right. and sort of traces how they became these things in our culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Lilith comes up a lot, actually. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, it's like she's important in, like, the origin stories of vampires, the origin stories of witchcraft, um, yeah. demons, because she's all of these... She's so heavily sort of demonized, literally, yeah. by um, old, you know... Judeo-Christian stuff. So, do, do you think there are people out in the world, like people who listen to us anyway, that don't know who Lilith is? Like uh, everybody knows who Lilith maybe, is. Maybe right? I don't know. I mean, if you don't, you know, Lilith is in the Hebrew texts. Is is Adam's first wife um, before Eve comes around? And yeah, she is in in those stories at least. She is cast out because she won't subjugate herself to her husband. Right. She was a little too strong. Yeah. And she was made from the earth like Adam. And so that's why when they make Eve, they make her from Adam's rib. Right. Make her more subservient. But I mean, she has to get fucked over too. So, you know. Right. Apparently, there's a story where she was also cast out, uh, obliterated, basically, Mm -hmm. because she was caught having sex with an angel. Yes, totally. Uh, and she's forced to then walk the earth for eternity. Yeah. Which is, but I'm like, you know, I don't know what, who, what does this angel look like? Right. My question. Yeah. I mean, hmm. it's a, it seems like an, you know, yeah. 
Does this angel look like a young Tom Hardy, perhaps? Right. Because who could blame her? Right. Also, she didn't take any fucking purity tests. Let her yeah, do no, what she man. She, yeah, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. She didn't go to some damn purity ball. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't know about Lilith, um, it's, it is it is a, you know, she's it's a really interesting sort of collection. Right around her if you've ever heard of lilith fair right which that's where that comes from very much reclaiming lilith as as being strong and independent mm-hmm. as opposed to a witch devil vampire or whatever the fuck they turned her in i like all those things too sure don't get me wrong i mean if somebody wanted to say christy Vella, devil witch vampire pretty i'd be nice. like yeah that's it that's pretty on the nail on yeah. the head yeah so what are we talking about today well, today we actually thought we would talk about um, kind of, I mean, our <laughs> our own fucking movie. Yeah! Uh, we watched, I mean, a couple nights ago. I've lost all track mm-hmm. of time. Yeah, it was a couple um, nights ago, Monday. We watched the first rough cut of our movie, Final Dress. And along with that, it's very much like, a year ago is when we were in the bulk of our filming, mm-hmm. uh, if Facebook is to be believed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we thought, you know, we're a year out. We watched a rough cut, which, you know, for those who don't know, is is the movie put together in, in, in some semblance of what it will be. It's not exactly the thing it'll be yet, but it is we can watch it from beginning to end and see what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seemed like a good time, I don't know, to go back and sort of maybe talk about how it happened. How that case, came about. Yeah. In case anyone out there is either interested or is thinking like, I would like to make a horror movie, but it seems impossible. Right. Um, so we thought either, hopefully people will find it interesting. I mean, we have some interesting stories or like, yeah, yeah. If, if you are thinking about it, anyone out there that maybe it can help you see that while not easy, it is, it is doable. You know? Right, um, right. We, we we also kind of thought that we would break these conversations up a little mm-hmm. bit into, you know, I don't know, a few chapters. We don't we don't know how many chapters yet, but yeah, but we thought we would break it up a little bit. So we may be talking about this next week as as yeah. well. Um, so final dress written by Michael Federico and directed by Christy Vela. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you remember? Do you remember when we started talking about it? Yeah, I actually do. I mean, I remember at least the conversation I think that that ended up, I mean, I, that led me to actually start writing it because we've been mm-hmm. talking about, you know, we've been saying let's make a horror movie for almost as long as we've known each other. Right. But there was one day um, during the summer, I think it was probably 20, I want to say 2016. So like four years ago. Wow. Uh, Aspen and I were swimming and actually Max was there, which I think is sort of funny. Oh my gosh. Apropos. Um, Max is our uh, executive producer, but we'll get to him later in the chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had just gone to go swim at your and John's uh, old place, old place. And you were talking about, we were talking about movies and some things going on in society and, uh, I think you had said finally, like, you know what, we should, we should make a horror movie and, and set it at a theater, um, which led, I think, us to then saying, what about a theater camp? Mm-hmm. Um, so we could basically have teens, you know, right. uh, in the kind of like tradition of the summer camp horror movie, 
but with a theater twist, since that's kind of what we know. And after that, I mean, I, I'm not saying we still were like, it's going to happen by any we, means. We, I think we just kind of like talked about, we were like, haha, you know, whatever. That would yeah. be great. We both got excited about it. <clears throat> now, I can't remember if this was before or after you and I had played cops together in that short video. That's right. It was after because you right. had said in along with we should make a horror movie about a theater camp. You said, and you and I should play cops. Yeah. So yeah. it was, I can't remember now when theater center did Romeo and Juliet. Probably the year. Of, yeah, yeah. Like 2015. I think so. Maybe Probably. something like that. Yeah. It was 2015. Um, I remember that year for very negative reasons, but anyway, um, I was doing, I was in Romeo and Juliet at the theater center. I was playing Friar Lawrence and they had created, they wanted to do like a little promo video. Mm-hmm. And in the promo video, I would not be playing Friar Lawrence. I, they had written this tiny script about these two like hard edged cops, like yeah. finding Juliet's body mm-hmm. and, and, and Romeo's body and trying to figure out. And they came to me and they were like, Hey, do you want to play a cop in this video? And I was like, yes, because I always wanted to play a cop. And they were like, can you get a friend? Like, can you think there's a friend who might be interested in playing a cop with you? And I was like, yes, I do. Yeah. And I immediately called you and I was like, do you want to play a cop? Uh-huh. Like, yes. Yeah. And so we went and we shot this video at the Cathedral of Hope. Yeah. On, on the, the coldest fucking nights. Yeah. It was so cold. Mike. Shocking, shockingly cold. And I know yeah, people sh- out People outside of Texas are probably like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Fuck you. I lived in Chicago. It was insanely cold that night. It was so cold. And we shot this little video where we played these two cops who find Mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet's bodies. And it was like three minutes long, something like that. And we got in your car after we finished and Mm -hmm. immediately, because you were driving me to my car or something. Mm -hmm. Because it was so cold. Yeah. (laughs) And immediately we were like, we need to play cops. We need to together. play cops. Someone, yeah. Why won't people cast us as cops together? Because so, no one else is going to cast no us as Yeah, cops. I mean, and that's, so it's funny to think like, and again, I know this is our experience. I know everyone would be different, but if you are, if you have any desire to make a movie or, I don't know, again, just interested in how things happen. There are all these little things that kind of had to come together for us even to come up with the idea of like a mm-hmm. starting place. Mm-hmm. It was like, we did that little Romeo and Juliet thing. And we wanted, so we wanted to play cops. Um, obviously we've done theater forever. So we were like, mm-hmm. well, that's a, a field we can write about and kind of poke fun at and all that right. stuff. And then at the same time, there were things happening, <coughs> excuse me, in, in society that were um, interesting. <laughs> interesting sounds like a terrible word. But like themes going on in the world that we wanted to take on. Right. And we often talk on here about how horror is, is really, you know, usually just a reflection of, of what's happening in the culture at a specific time. Mm-hmm. And, and there were some, you know, things happening in Hollywood and other industries, essentially where it was finally coming out how horrible um, some men in power are. Like, I think everyone knew it, but it was finally being put out there. Right, Um, right. And that was something that we felt was like, 
an important theme and something to take on, but at the same time, not the only thing happening in, in the movie. I mean, um, but yeah, so all of those things sort of started kind of blending together and, uh, yeah. And at the same, at the same time, poking fun at, at, you know, this thing that we do, Yeah, you know, the poking fun at, at the idea that, (laughs) that, you know, theater is so insular yeah. we i mean we re- we forget what how insular our world is yeah. right until we are in the middle of a pandemic and we're forced to deal with other people and you're like oh i have surrounded myself with very like-minded individuals mm-hmm. um and and we th- we think that what we do is so important yeah. it's so important to us right yes um, i think um Look, I mean, and sometimes the outside world, no, they don't give a shit. They don't care at all. I mean, I think, look, and I can, I might piss off some friends or whatever. And look, I like theater. I don't actually know anymore, to be honest. I don't um, know either. Um, uh, we're, we've had, we're, yeah. yeah. But I've done it. I mean, we've both done it for, I mean, most Two decades. Yeah. Yeah. Most of, I mean, more than half most our of, lives. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older uh, and worked more and more, the realization that, I mean, if you're hard pressed to find any other group of people who has such a skewed view of how important they are to other people. Yeah. Um, and that's not a shot. Like we all do it. But I mean, if you ask most people, most Americans, they couldn't fucking care less. Um, and so we also wanted to sort of play on that idea. This right. idea that when we come to work, we act sometimes like uh, we're fucking you know, curing fucking cancer. Um, and ultimately you're just like doing a French farce that hopefully will laugh or whatever and have a good night. And it's not to say we don't take our job. Like we take, like it's, it's the words of Chekhov. I always say this to my students, love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. Yeah. And And there are too many people who love themselves in the art yes, and the outside world could not give a shit unless you are Hamilton, right? Unless you are the touring company of dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Unless, or or any of those shows, those Those huge, huge shows that are cultural, you know, phenomena. Right. Um, That's, those are few and far between, man. (laughs) Yeah. And apart from, and the people who love those shows, are really kind of like from our tribe of people. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And I think a lot of people also who love, love, love Hamilton have no desire to go see any straight play ever. Right. They're not interested in Chekhov. They're not interested in Shakespeare. They're not interested. And that's totally fine. We're not dissing that. That's totally fine. But it, you know, so we were, we wanted to poke fun at how seriously sometimes we, we take ourselves as, yeah, um, it, as an industry. Absolutely. Um, while at the same time, I mean, it's, it was a fun tightrope. At the same time, making a movie that people who don't know shit about theater would still be in, hopefully still be into. And enjoy and, and yeah. with all the tropes that go with like, you know, summer camp. So yeah. we, like we, talked about it and we, we talked about it a few times and and every time we'd get together it was like we got to make this movie we got to make mm-hmm. this movie um but you know mike and i 
in case you didn't know, Podcast Landia, we're not rich. <laughs> um, so we had no money. You know, we didn't, we, we were just like, writer, director, let's make a movie. Yeah. And then at some point, at some point, I remember, I don't know if it was the same summer or it was, a, I can't remember, but at some point, and take me back if I'm jumping the gun, but at some point you and I, our schedules during the day started to kind of like meet up. Mm-hmm. And so we would go watch horror movies together during the day. Yeah. At the um, Almo Draft House. At Almo Draft House, because Mike and I both like to go watch horror movies and not talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and not have anyone talk to us <laughs> while we're watching the movie. Right. So it was nice to go with someone and not talk to them during the movie. Like to just be <laughs> to just be there with that person. And there's an understanding of like, we're not talking. Yeah. We're gonna watch the movie. Um, and so we started doing that a lot. And we would just end up after the movie talking about the movie for however long, for hours. Yeah. And then we got the idea of let's do the podcast. Right. We're doing this anyway. Yeah. Then Brandon Potter jumped on board. Brandon Potter was like, Hey, I have a free morning. Can I come with you? Yeah. And he, I can't remember which movie it was. Was it, was it, uh, the one, was it, um, comes at night or something. It comes at night. Yeah. We went to go the three. That was the first one that the three of us went to go see together. It comes at night. Yeah. And so after that, we talked to Brandon and Brandon was like, yeah, let's make a movie. (laughs) Um, And so at some point I was like, well, I should probably write this movie. Um, Right. (laughs) And again, the three of us didn't have any idea necessarily how we were going to do it, but we finally like sort of put out in the world. Right. We don't know how, but we're going to do it. Yeah. And Brandon was like, I'll be in it. Yeah. Which was great because yeah, I it's great. started writing a part for Brandon um, and we knew we were going to play cops. That's three roles right there. Right there. Um, and so, yeah, so I mean, I went off and wrote it and for a while and um, would send y'all stuff when I had it and then went back and rewrote and all this stuff. And we still were like, who knows, but we're going to make it happen. And then we did like total theater style, like um, a reading of it. Uh, with over, like our dream people. Yeah. And, and, and people then, whom we had like, cause you, you wrote roles for certain people. I did. So a lot, I mean, yeah, not all of the roles, but certain, certain roles are definitely written for specific people. Um, and then of course, you know, like it was right around Christmas. So some people were out of town and, uh-huh. um, you know, friends jumped in and filled in. Um, but I think that was the first time hearing it out loud. And obviously I did multiple rewrites after that version, but I think that was the first time hearing it out loud. And that was when I was sick, right? I was sick. Issa played you. Issa, my daughter played me. Yeah. Cause you had also written a role for Issa. Yeah. So she doubled, she played you and her, you know, herself and her and her role. Um, yeah, she does a pretty, she does a good impersonation of you. (laughs) I would hope after all this time, of course, and it's funny. So, you know, if, I guess a few people, maybe Blake and Joel will get upset, but you had written a role for Joel, the Joel Farrell mm-hmm. originally, yeah. but Joel couldn't read that night. Right. So we invited Blake. It was incredible as well. Yeah. And Blake came in and read Joel's part <laughs> and we hadn't told Joel that the role was for no. him. We hadn't told anybody. And Blake read Joel's part and was fucking incredible. Blake Hackler, who is a professor at SMU, an amazing actor, 
a fantastic playwright in his own mm-hmm. right, a, a fantastic teacher and director. And he just came in and fucking killed the role of Charles McMaster's mm-hmm. jaded choreographer. Yeah. Uh, so we were like, well, it's gotta, it's gotta be Blake. Um, yeah, there was, and, and, and then stuff happened, and we were well, we didn't we honestly didn't even think we could get Joel at the time. And, right, it's true. We were like, Joel, so Blake, Joel's never going to want to do this. Yeah, and then so Blake was like, sure, and then Blake couldn't do it, and then we were like, I guess we can ask Joel. And then can Joel we ask like, yes. Joel? It was fucking incredible. He's amazing. He's yeah. But it was hearing it out loud, um, and then like hanging out. Like I hung out with young Parker Gray um, mm-hmm. after, and a couple other people. Um, and this was before, I mean, I, I knew Parker, but it, it was before Parker and I were really friends. And so it was, um, we didn't know each other that well, but like getting to hear people that I didn't necessarily know that well say like, no, I, I think this thing can work. And they had mm-hmm. obviously notes. Everybody always has notes. Right. Um, but um, I think hearing that, I don't know, was like, okay, this, this, this. Well, from, like from what I understand. So, okay. So. We had written, we had worked on a show together. You and I worked on Gloria by Brendan mm-hmm. Jacob Jenkins at the theater center. Yeah. We worked on that together and I directed it. You were in it. Uh, and there was, there was an actress in it who is wonderful. We both love her. Her name's Grace. Yeah. And, I- and right. And Grace, Grace was when we were doing Gloria, Grace was like right on the cusp of like breaking into movies. Mm-hmm. And so by that time, Grace had already done like a few little horror movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, she's Grace is in, in Hellraiser with Paul. Uh-huh. Um, and she's in um, Puppet Master. Puppet Master. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I'd written the thing for Grace. And, um, but, you know, Grace ended up, I think, making the right call and moving to L.A. <laughs> yeah, she went to L.A. because she's in, I mean, she's, I mean, look up Grace Monty. Yeah, you will awesome. understand. But I think um, part of the like beauty of all of this was because it's like everyone we wanted would have been amazing, but then things happen and you can't get certain people and right. you end up with other people. And then they're fucking incredible. Right. And like they, the teenagers, the I, teenagers were, were kind of like, I just kind of gathered them as I went along yeah. because we knew we wanted Isa. Yeah. We but knew it, we wanted Isa. It was hard to, cause a lot of them were a lot of, it's like right on the, like some of them had just graduated high school mm-hmm. and were going to college. Some had to go all of a sudden get a job for the summer, which I totally understand. So it was like from day to day was like, uh, <laughs> Right. Who are the teenagers? This like who do we? Right. So we like we knew we wanted Isa. We knew Isa was one of the teenagers. Yeah. We knew Carson Wright was one of the teenagers. Yeah, he could do it as well. Yeah. Yeah, and Carson was like, "I'm totally on board." Yeah. Um. By the way, like we're super proud that this movie was made with all Dallas, all Dallas actors, all Dallas, yeah, Dallas crew, everybody from Dallas. Um, and then we were still kind of like, this person should be this person, but we didn't know who it was. And then I did another play at Second Thought Theater called mm-hmm. The Necessities, written by Blake Hackler, mm-hmm. and met a young man named uh, Tex Petrello. Yeah. And he's incredibly talented. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember calling Michael and saying, he's 
Like he's got to be in the movie. Like we've got to write something for Tex. So Michael started writing for Tex. He became mm-hmm. one of the teenagers. Yeah. And then there was actually a role for Dante, my son. And Dante was like, I'm not shaving my beard. <laughs> and we were like, well. Yeah. I mean, so, he was trying to finish college. I mean, right. Like, but it's like that's the role that we were like up until the first day of shooting. We yeah. were like, what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's so many, I guess if this is the writing slash pre-production, right? If that's yeah. what you're talking about. Um I mean, before we could even get to that, like before we could even, we had this cast. In oh mind. yeah. 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 Um, and then we were still like, I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, and so we started an online, you know, uh, seed and spark, which is like mm-hmm. GoFundMe, but specifically for movie and television projects. And <clears throat> we made our first little pitch, not we made a pitch video, and right. then we did like a first scene of you and me as cops. Right. Almost, almost identical to a scene that's in actually in the movie. Right. And like, we got that out there and we raised money and people were helpful, but it was still nowhere. <clears throat> it was nowhere near where we could make a, a movie or not the move, not this movie. Um, right. We could have used that money to shoot when one of our houses on iPhones, basically. Right. And so we uh, were like, okay. it kind of came to a grinding halt for a little yeah, bit because we didn't know what we were going to do. And, and we had, um, you know, luckily we have a friend, Max, um, who has done a lot of work in film. And we were like, well, we'll just let's meet with Max to ask him for advice. <clears throat> did, now, did we did we meet with him to ask him for advice or did he watch the video? Because he, that's right. He watched the video. He was on our list to ask for advice. And then he watched the video. Cause I remember he called me. I was like, dude, I literally have a note call Max for advice. Um, and we met and Max, I mean, you know, he really believed in, in the project and it was something he was interested in doing. And so Max through various avenues and things that I don't want to talk for him. So, um, but was able to get us to a place where like we, could make a movie right um uh god he if if it hadn't been for him uh, no we would still we would be paying people from our seed and spark back or we would have a a a 60 minute iphone movie which would be right its own thing sure so i mean max took it up to a you know through all what what he was doing he came on as executive producer and was able to take it to a whole new level all that said and he brought on Desiree, who, who uh, was our first AD, and she found the, the crew and all of this. But all that said, there was still crazy shit going on. I don't want to say crazy, but like like we said, kids all of a sudden had to get a job. Um, right. We're like, oh, crap, I need to go. I'm going to go take summer school before I go to college. And so there were a couple roles uh, that, I mean... One of them, the role of Marcus, uh-huh. uh, who was played by the great Edgar Flores. And that was the role that was for Dante. No relation, we should right. say, to uh, the great John Flores uh, or Dante Risa. I mean, Edgar was like the day before we started, right? Right. And it was hilarious because Dante said no. So we were like, okay, I went to someone else. They said they wanted to. We went back and forth. They couldn't do it. Then someone else was like, I'll come do it. They dropped out. Yeah. And 
Edgar had just graduated high school. He had been my student at Booker T. Washington. Mm -hmm. And I messaged him and I say, I I said, Hey, Edgar, do you want, what are you doing this summer? Do you want to, do you want to be in a horror horror movie? And he literally texted me back from that initial message that I sent. He said, I just quit my job <laughs> based on this message. And I was like, what? We did not goes, ask you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, we didn't ask you to do that. And he goes, no, no. He was working at some fruteria place in Oak Cliff, mm-hmm. like where they sell fruit with the chili on it and all yeah. that stuff. I have and one he's right like, my house. Yeah. He's like, I'm sick of making mangonadas with white ladies who don't want the hot sauce. Yeah. Get out. He's like, I, I just quit my job. When do we start? Yeah. And it was like yeah. tomorrow. Um, and like, I mean, what a God, like, like what a godsend. Edgar's amazing. I mean, right. amazing. And so right. I think there are all of, you know, leading up to, there, there's so much, I can't really even, I still can't really wrap my mind around it. Um, at some point you kind of have to be like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. And, and even, even once we had everyone, oh my God, like the, the, the Tetris that, that Desiree had to play with the shooting schedule. We could not have done it without her. But but, you know, I think that that's one of the things that we, that was worked in our favor was that so much of how you work in theater, and I'm sure it's, it's true for all industries, but so much of how you work in theater is, is we'll figure it out in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you, even, even after your show opens and you have audiences, shit happens. Yeah. And you, you have to be able to in the moment go like, okay, we're just going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that was something that worked in our favor. And yes. also that we had no, I, we had no idea what the right way to yeah. do, it, do it was. I've never been known to do things the right way. But and I, so it, when people kept saying, that's not how you do it, that's not how you do it. I was like, I actually don't give a shit how you do it. Yeah. And this I think is how we're doing it. Oddly a benefit and not, I mean, I'm, this is, I didn't make this up. I mean, I heard it a bunch of different places, but there's like a benefit in not knowing what you don't know. Right. <clears throat> um, to just say like, well, fuck, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it this way. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I also think about all of the, little weird little things that happened and all of this shit and, and still were able to find people and, and they were all awesome. And then now you, you think about it. And I mean, I know anyone we would have got would have been any of those people we, we had went over would have been great. But then now when I see it, I'm, I mean, it's like, I'll never couldn't picture it any other way. Right. I mean, and there, there were pe- I mean, I think there were people that you and I were like, we got to have Kanisha. Like, oh, this, absolutely. this has got to be Kanisha. And I wrote, like, I mean, I, this is, yeah, this has got to be Lisa Gonzalez. Yeah, I wrote. This has got to, yeah. A lot of those, a, a, several of those roles for, for specific people um, who are really fucking good. And also right. we, we wanted at least a group of people who had done um, a solid amount of work on film Right. Um, just because we had so many people for who this was the first, essentially their first time on camera. Right. And we were like, we, you know, it'll be nice to have a balance of yeah. that. Okay. And then someone like Kenesha or Lisa, <clears throat> Jeffrey, um, 
who are, I mean, who are Paul, Paul. Yeah. Uh, who are just absolute pros. Um, right. And I thought it was a um, combination of that. Yeah. And then, you know, so, so <laughs> Max came on board, Max got us Desiree. Uh-huh. Desiree found us a crew of people. Yeah. And like, there, there's there's so many people on this crew that I I can't mention everybody because everybody made such a humongous difference yeah. to this project. But like there were a few real key people that I was introduced to through Desiree that have just literally changed my life. Like literally, I'm like. I don't know. I feel like I've known these, these people were supposed to come into my life and they feel, I feel like they've been friends of mine forever. And we were just waiting to to work together to meet. And three of those people, I just have to give a shout out to them. Liz Martin, who was our, she was our official makeup person. And she kind of took on the art direction. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Duties when when she didn't have to. She did like nine thousand. She did nine thousand things. She's like an incredible magical mermaid unicorn mm-hmm. who is just the most beautiful soul in the world. And she's my witch sister, and I love her. There was there's Chachi Hood, um, the great Chachi, the great Chachi, who is our grip. And I learned, we learned so much from him and immediately jumped on board, like immediately knew what we wanted, Mm -hmm. what we needed and was just, I mean, he's good at his job. There's not, that's what he does, but he, like, he also went above and beyond. Um, And, and Maximo Contreras. Yeah. Maximo Contreras, who was our gaffer, who I discovered during the shooting that we're from the same hometown. Yeah. And we became super good friends. I mean, all of us, but like those three people to me and John Collins, of course, but I didn't meet John through, through Desiree. I already knew John. I met, we met Maximo and Chachi and Liz through Desiree. And I I think what comes out of it is there's no way to do it without at at this level, at the level we were working. Right. Um, where so so much of it was on us. Uh, right. There's no way to do it without. I mean, people just giving everything, like beyond right. what what I ever expected. Um, right. But you know, Michael, I'm not. You know, you know me. I mean, you and I don't blow smoke up each other's butts. Um, but it is a testament that these people like jumped on board. I mean, wholeheartedly and immediately. Because I mean, the the writing is is really good. Well, it's a really good script. Thank you, I appreciate that. And, and um, they I, they jumped on board immediately. And I think everyone did a great, you know, Max and everyone like from day one was like it's gonna. We all knew it was gonna be hard. Yeah. <laughs> but we were. I don't know. We still weren't. It was still gonna be a fun environment. Even, you know, some nights, obviously, we were all so fucking tired and, you know, but it was, it was always fun to be there. And I think maybe that's one also, you know, people were trusted the work and we were having a good time. And so, so people were willing to kind of go all in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to me as, as a, as a theater director, like the most important thing to me as a director 
is the story, of course. Like, just trust the story. Just tell the story. I am not, and I'm not saying this to like brag or anything. This is truly how I approach directing. And that I'm not, I'm not, the story is not my baby. The play is not my baby. The play is the writer's baby. And I'm the, I'm the midwife Midwife, of the baby. And so it's my job to guide the story in the best way that I can. And for me as a director, that means like creating a room where everybody feels empowered and everybody feels safe to say whatever they want to say and that it should be first and foremost fun, you know, because none of us are getting paid enough to, to go get abused. No. And so the room should be fun. And that, that falls on, on me. And I, I, to me, it it just, it makes all the, all the difference in, in the world. I mean, I, you know, we have this one night that has now sort of become legendary. Um, (laughs) I know which one you're talking about. It was this, was it our second overnight in a row? Yes. So it was our second overnight. So we had, we had done an overnight slept during the day as best we could, which was really hard because you, me, Max, and Brandon also had to like gather props and costumes. Right, right. So we were filling all of these different roles, but we had like, you know, I'm sure all had slept a few hours and then came back for our second overnight <laughs> at this incredible uh, location um, that, that, Max that Max got to get us uh, for, for nothing. Um, yeah, it's another thing. I mean, find everyone who will ha- who can help you in some way and ask. Right, them you. we have to talk about locations in a little bit, yeah. but um, and so we ended up <clears throat> getting sort of we were outside. It's where we shot all the woods stuff, um, but we got locked in. There was a gate, um, which was part of the reason we loved. We were it, it was like on private land, and it looked like you know public woods. It was fantastic. Yep, yeah, safe. The gate, we got locked in because it was solar powered and was not nearly ready or built for the number of cars that were coming in and out all day when we were shooting two nights (laughs) in a row. And so the battery fucking died. And we're like trying to leave at like 5 a.m. or something. And we get locked in. And then they're trying to figure out and they go to fix the power and there's a fucking wasp's nest in the in, box. In the power box. Yeah, I mean, it was just fucking insane. And like, honestly, like I know it made, it was upsetting Max because he was, he was worried and all that stuff. Um, I was, I had the best fucking time. I did too. So, <laughs> like Max and Brandon were freaking out. Like sure. I think and I Brand- understand why. Sure. <laughs> Brandon was, Brandon was ready to like take a buzzsaw to yeah. the, the and he had to iron go gate. Another shoot the next day. Right. And Max was like, Oh my God, we broke, we broke the phone. Yeah, we broke whatever. Yeah. And if you and I had already packed up my van with all the fucking craft services and all yeah. the other bullshit. Yeah. Um, the he all like the two hero chests with like everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, we were sitting there and one of the stars of the movie, Parker Gray, was still the there. only star, damn it. Only star. And we we were at the point of the night, because we'd been up all night. Uh-huh. I caught a roach in my pants. Yeah. Um where we were just like 
there's nothing I can't help with this. No. We were just like laughing and giggling like idiots because yeah. we were so delirious. delirious. But I, it was, I mean, it was, I loved it. And like, to me, that's one of the best, I don't know, man. Like everyone, even when, even people were frustrated, like Gabrielle left over the fence. And Gabrielle all left. I mean, like Ace came to pick her up. She yeah, jumped she over her, the wall. Left she's like, she left I'm leaving. But I, I, um, but it was like, I enjoyed being around us. It was such a, to me, it was like such a fun, great little story to have. And yeah, Yumi and Parker just were like, what's the difference of getting out of here at five or six? Like, right. It doesn't matter. I mean, and I'll, other people, like, not us. I'll never forget. Cause I mean, Max and Brandon were like very frustrated, understandably. So um, even Chachi, like even Chachi, who is like, could, can, can, practically do anything like if you give him a tool he can do anything yeah um we were like even chachi was having trouble trying to get the gate open like Mm -hmm. what the hell is happening we didn't know we're like we're never gonna get out of here yeah and desiree goes hey why don't we just pull those pins (laughs) (laughs) we were like yet again desiree she was like maybe we should just pull the pins off the gate (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, of course she figured it out. Of course. She figured it out. But this was after, like, no joke, like two hours. Yeah, we were there a while. Um, trying to get the fuck out of the, yeah. the, the gate. But, it, yeah, I, uh, that was, it was amazing. <laughs> and I think, but again, it's like, it was a, it was a great group of people. And even those yeah. crazy things... Yeah, I don't think there was like another group of people that I would want to be stuck in the. I mean, when we yeah. started forming teams, we were like, okay. Yeah, when we're if we, if we end up if the apocalypse comes, this is the team that I want to be with. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't even I don't feel like I'm in any position to give advice. I I will just say some things I feel like we learned. Yeah. Um, one, uh, get an executive producer like Max Hartman. <laughs> um, I mean, look, you have to find someone who, well, I think the best thing about working with Max um, in that position was he actually, he really believed in, in the movie right. and he believed in, in, in you and me. Right. Um, and we've all been friends for a long time, but that doesn't, yeah. that's not enough. That's um, not enough. I mean, I've, you, I've known Max since we were, since college, we've went to college together, but it, you know, it helps that we've all worked Together. with each other for many, many, many years. And, and so, you know, it was great because I, yeah, Max believed in the project, but like Max again, opened up a whole other sort of world. Like he knows way more people than we do and, and all that stuff. And so one of the key things became again, um, through Max and Desiree and, and some people just like, even that we know on the outside, finding other people who aren't directly involved in the film to do huge fucking favors, uh, um, favors that I, I don't know that we'll ever be able to repay. Like, right? I mean, yes, you can like, use our land and our house for two, for three, for three nights. Right. It's like you cannot, you don't lose anything by asking. Yeah. And, and the worst, and keep talking about it. Like, keep talking about it. Keep putting it out into the universe. Keep going. We're gonna do this. We got to do this. Well, I'll ask this person, I'll ask this person, because when I look at what we have now, right, uh, and I know we're running out of time, but like, I did want to mention this, where it's like, we, some of the locations that we got 
are incredible, incredible. because simply because I asked, you know, yeah. like I went to my former boss at the theater center and said, we really want to use this space. Mm-hmm. Can we do it? And, you know, he was so supportive and was excited about it and was like, absolutely, you can use it. So we got to use some incredible locations for, for nothing. Yeah. I mean, a, a theater designed by arguably the most famous American architect of all time, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and and we're in it. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And Max was able to get this this amazing woods. I mean, that was... I can't imagine having to have filmed that and having to have dealt with the city. Like there's no way, like we wouldn't have been able to do what we did, but we were on private land because his friends were gracious enough, kind enough to let us use it. And Mm -hmm. it looks amazing and we could do things to it. Whereas if we were like, we're shooting in the woods in Dallas or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, And then theater friends at kitchen dog at theater three, uh, Max got uh, the restaurant, which is incredible. Like, right. like we were able to make it look like the David Lynch diner we always dreamed of. And right, you know, I I called in some some favors and friends at Theater Center to help us with costumes and props, yeah. and they were just so excited. They were just so excited to be a part of it that you know, the, some really amazing stuff was created for the movie. Yeah, by people who so. I think the important thing is from this message, from this particular lesson is on your way up, kids, it pays to be nice to people. Yeah. It pays to not be a dick. It pays like when I, I tell my students all the time, Michael, be the person in the room that you want to work with. Be the person that you want to work with. So yeah. be respectful, be kind, be on time, have a good work hard, know your lines, know the story, do the work and be nice. Don't be a dick. No, don't be a dick. Um, And and then you'll get to a place where people will want to work with you. Yeah. And, and people will be willing to help. And um, again, I think with that, that this never would have happened it wouldn't have. This never would have happened without. No. I mean, it's obviously like it wouldn't have happened no. without Max. It wouldn't have happened without Desiree, no. all those people. But having other people willing to help, willing to to do incredible things like, you know, come come work on costume crew and stuff like that. And, you know, help sew things like with all the stuff that Corey did. Um, yeah. And, and then, Amanda and Kyle just at the theater center knocking it out of the fucking park like i don't know i don't know how we would have done it without amanda and kyle no. like i honestly don't and 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 that's what we mean it's like and i think you and i were both truly humbled by all of that because i would never i would never ever ever ask an artisan to just kind of like do something for nothing no because we're both part of that group of people that constantly gets asked to do something for nothing. Sure. So it's always hard to go to another artist and go, Hey, will it's you m- make something for me for nothing? Yeah. But th- the fact that they were like, I'm not only on board, I'm going to make this the best fucking thing ever was yeah. just truly humbling. It, it, it really, it, it really, I, I mean, I, every, anytime I think about it, and, and I just, I don't know, I'm just blown away by 
everyone who who helped and everyone who worked on it, cast, crew, creatives, everybody. Um, I don't know that I'll ever fully understand uh, how it happened. I, I will also say this, like, I am not one for um, believing in things, manifesting things and all of that. You know, I basically don't believe in anything <laughs> um, beyond the natural world. Uh, but it, it did take us finally saying, I don't know how, we don't know how, but we are fucking doing this. Yeah, we're fucking doing it. Um, so, yeah. So is it, how much time do we have? Is it time? I mean, we're about in an hour, but whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, so, because we've kind of gone past. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, but like, okay, so we got the green light. So we we created our videos. We got some money. We were still kind of like, what the hell do we do? Mm-hmm. Then Max came in and said, I'm going to help you make this happen. Yeah. And, and then, so after Max came in, we really started to like, let's go location scout. Yeah. Let's, let's- go. How hard can it be to yeah. make a movie? Yeah. And so I think, I mean, that, that was really this sort of such a, uh, you know, the pre-production is, was somewhat of a learning curve because it's mm-hmm. different than prepping for a show, a play, obviously. Um, but yeah, it was like nailing down cast, crew, location, um, and starting to think about how, especially for you, um, how you wanted things to look and, mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say this, and I think this is because this is something we always talk about, that horror is is, an, is a genre that um, pays homage to itself in a way that maybe other genres don't. Right. Um, and so when talking to Max as executive producer, to John when he came on as DP, uh, to Costin, Maximo. Maximo, yeah, as was Gaffer, and, um, you know, started to pull these like very specific movies that inspired uh, us mm-hmm. um, visually and, and story-wise. And, you know, I can say even from the moment I started writing, there were, I mean, I had several touchstones that I, that I went back to like, uh, you know, scream and Halloween right. curtains because of the theater aspect. And mm-hmm. you know, there's no, I wasn't, I shouldn't say there's no escaping it. Cause I had no desire to escape it. I was like, no, let me, what, what works about these things that I, that I love. Right. Um, right. I would say that, and those are like the three, those are the, the three big ones that, that inspired this movie. Yeah. Uh, right. Scream, Halloween and Curtain. curtains. And then I, and then I would say like everything David Lynch has ever done. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's just, yeah. I mean, blood at this point. I think so. I mean, I, I mean, plays that I direct when I'm, when I'm directing, even if it's not like a weird horror play, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always a moment in a play that I direct where I go like, this is my David Lynch moment. David Lynch moment. Yeah. And so that was really exciting. And I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to toot our own horn, right. but I feel like our David Lynch moment in this movie, I think, grandfather david would be i think he'd be very proud i think he'd be very proud of us you did good um, yeah you did yeah. good so that's i don't know that's kind of how we started to get this movie made um mm-hmm. yeah i i i mean i think i you know we wanted to talk about it because we actually got to watch it this week 
Right. And it was really exciting. It was very, I was terrified. I was nervous and terrified and, and, but you know, we, I had been sitting in, in editing with John. I've been editing with John because he's the DP, but also the editor. Um, and, and watching it in tiny increments, you know, on a little screen uh-huh. and going, Oh, that looks great. That looks great. But I got to a point where I was like, I no longer can tell story. I can no longer right. sure. see what's happening in the big picture. And I finally said to him, I said, we, I think we've done enough work where I need to see the whole thing and I need to see it big so that I can at least tell if we're, if we're doing justice to the script, if, if, if the story is clear. Right. And so we decided let's all watch it together. Yeah. Let's watch it together. And like, I, I don't know. I don't know why. uh, Maybe we can talk about this more next time since we're running over, but like um, it, 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 it just, it's, I can't get over it. Um, again, not, I'm not trying to say like we made Halloween or Suspiria. Just like the fact that like we did it's this. It's pretty with our, good. We did this with our friends, and we we made a movie, and and yeah. like, and it's know. not terrible. No, because that was the thing. Like to me, I was like, am I going to be embarrassed? And I'm, am I like I convinced all of these people <laughs> to jump on board with me as director of a film? Yeah. Right. And I've never direct, I mean, I've directed little tiny films, like, but I've never directed a feature. And I'm like, I convinced all these people that I knew what the fuck I was doing. And I was so nervous to sit and watch it with you guys. And then it it was not terrible. It's not even close to terrible. I mean, that's not, that sounds ridiculous. It's fucking great. Like, I can't, I can't wait. Like I cannot, yeah, fucking I can't wait. As a matter of fact, I'm going over to John's this afternoon to implement some of our notes. Nice. So um, to make it even better. And again, this wasn't, we didn't just want to sit around and brag for 90 minutes. I don't know. Even, it's just, it's, I haven't been that excited. I mean, obviously during the entire quarantine, but I haven't been this excited about something I've worked on in a really long time. Yeah. Um, and either. I, and I've written, I've written a lot and I've been in a lot. Um, and I, I haven't been this excited in a really long time. And I would say one more lesson since we're teaching, yeah. um, we're way older than most people who make their first film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're much, much older than, than, than is the norm. And so I know sometimes I see these memes that are like, this person didn't do this until she was 35. And I'm always like, ah, shut the fuck up. But for once, I'm like, you know what? It's true. No, uh, it, it, it doesn't is. matter if you're in your 40s or your 50s or whatever. Uh, if you have a thing you want to do, once we're allowed to go outside, um, fucking we're do gonna it. We're going to make more. Figure out a yeah. way. Just fucking do it. That's that's yeah. where I'm at. Um, yeah. I, and I'm so much better for having, like, my life is just so much better for having worked on this. It really is. And I know yeah. that sounds... No, no, it's, it's, it's true. And it's, I, I think I've told you before, and I know we've gone way over, but like, and now I'm going back, but like when we got the green light on Seed and Spark, um, I was like, okay, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. And then when we talked to Max and then I think you texted me or you called me and you said, we've done it. We're going to do it. We, we've got the money. We're going to make the movie. Um, 
I was driving and I was so excited. Like I got terrified and I was like, oh shit. Well, now I have to direct this movie <laughs> for like half a second. I was like, oh fuck. And then I was overcome with this feeling of like, no, yeah, of course. This, my, my, my whole life has been leading up to this moment Yeah. of I've always known that this is what I was going to do. And now it's here and I have to do it. So it just, we just took a different route. Yeah. To it. Yeah. That's, that's all it was. And there are times when I do go like, oh man, what am I doing directing horror movies? I'm like 50 years old, but fuck that shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck it. Now, granted, I'm going to let the 19 year olds do all the running. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. It It was so weird because it was like, I wrote, it was, Go ahead. I was going to say, I wrote almost all of our scenes. I don't want to say all because we do have to run a little. But I wrote almost all of our scenes. is like interior diner, Reyes and Rizzo sit. <laughs> like, we're not going to run around. Uh-oh. I think we lost it. We're sitting down or something. Yeah. But like as, as, all right. Oh, we're back. Well, maybe we should stop here. Yeah, John will fix that. Anyway. Yeah. Go fucking do the thing you want to make the thing you want to make. Right, right. That's so what, all I have to say. What, what are we going to talk about next time? Um, I don't know. I actually had some thoughts of like maybe some of the technical stuff. Like how did you, you know, since it's your first film directing, like what are some things, you know, just technical things that you feel like, you know, maybe stuff we feel like we learned from that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Come how do some- you... Come up with some questions. Yeah, I'll have some questions and we can talk about that. Like, yeah, specific. How you approach this, you know, script, how you approach the shooting, all that shit. Okay. All that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a lot to, I have a lot to talk. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Some more of like the technical things might be fun. Cool. All right. We've gone along. I hope you enjoyed it. If not, I honestly don't fucking care. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to tell you. That's all we want to talk about right now. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go work on it in a little bit. Good luck editing. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Mike.